Hey everyone, welcome back to another show. So, who are we talking to this week? Uh, we've had Ting Taylor from Dot Mailer, we've had Lisa from The Social Word and, and Harrods. Now we have got, um, how can I introduce them? Uh, let's see, Mr. Email himself, Ben Harrington from Truffle Shuffle Media. Now, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the show, but uh, I came across Ben on LinkedIn, basically being called Mr. Email. Every time we... Uh, come across any in, any question that was related to an email, was related to email marketing, automation, all this kind of stuff. Ben's name just popped up time and time again. So it was only a matter of time before we uh, we managed to nab him and, and get some of his insight into email. And today we have a really interesting chat about the way email should be structured, the way a business should approach it, email fails, email wins, how to jump on relevant content that uh, you don't always see as being relevant to your business, but it's relevant to life in general and to things that are happening in the world or things that are happening to the media and all this kind of stuff. And I, I say a couple of times in the podcast, but I do really appreciate Ben taking the time. Super, super nice guy. And I just I hope you guys enjoy the show. Um, and yeah, here's the interview. Okay, so this week on the show, we've got uh, LinkedIn's Mr. Email, as I first was introduced to him, Ben Harrington. Um, ben, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time out to speak to us today. No, thanks. No, I really appreciate the time, and you saying that you let us interview you and that kind of stuff. Um, so I want I want you to kind of introduce yourself to everyone and give a, a, a background of your experience and what you've been doing over the last couple of years and stuff like that like when i first was introduced to you it was through linkedin and it was purely through you are mr email if anyone has an email question email problem query whatever it might be your name popped up time after time after time so um can you give our listeners a little bit of a background on how you got to where you are yeah, yeah no worries um well i'm ben harrington um i'm an email marketing consultant um for the past 10 years I've been in the marketing game um, mainly focusing on email for the past three um, so when I first started I started as a designer um, did a few web, website designs then progressively moved towards a marketing function as the company didn't really need any more web design doing so went in there started doing email marketing at the time the company just was a make an email send it out to everyone and hope for the best um so it didn't really work that well because it was sending emails to a lot of people who just wasn't interested in that specific product but they had other products um that they were interested in so i brought in some seg into segmentations um so from that it ended up being their main sales tool um literally just email marketing it was a b2b company um from there i moved on to being a marketing manager of a um, stationary company and i moved on to more e-commerce function but always did email marketing um so within the last 10 years i've done literally you name any marketing function i have probably done it um from obviously email marketing to um presentations to package design there's literally not much that i haven't done um what i found was that i spread myself too thin 
over everything. So like your PPC, I wasn't an expert in that, but I could do it. I wasn't an expert in social, but I could do it. But I always did email marketing. So for the past few years, um, I was looking at getting getting more jobs into like a management role, but I always found that I was lacking experience in certain aspects. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to focus fully on something that I enjoy and that I've always done. So that was email marketing. Um, so that's pretty much the background of how how I got to where I am today. Um, come from January, I went freelance. Um, and from there, it's been going strength to strength ever since. Um, obviously, you have your ups and downs, but reflecting back, it's been a quite a good journey and I'm looking forward to the rest. Nice, very nice. So what you, you said before, just then that you've been involved in email for, for a long time, like 10 years yeah. plus, um, different bits and bobs. Is it, what, what is it that you think has kind of stuck you with email? You said you've done PPC, you've done SEO, you've done content and all these sorts of things. Why, why do you think email stood out for you and, and being that kind of like mainstay for the, for the whole um, journey? Well, because I, w- I started as a web designer, so I've, I've always enjoyed the design, I've always enjoyed the build aspects. And then, of course, with email, not every email is the same, especially when you're a freelancer. You can work over all kinds of industries like I do. So literally every day is different. Um, so and then of course from the design and build part then you've got the analytic part so it's like literally a bit of everything not just not just well, build all the time and send yeah yeah it's there's so much inv- so much to do and be involved in and then of course if you email if you're doing your emails and then like a click-through rates high but they're not getting anything back then you know kind of it could possibly be issues with a website so then you can help with the CRO stuff it's just I just enjoy it a lot more than just the general the general grind of yeah. doing e-commerce activities <laughs> well, well yeah to be honest um yeah yeah so then what if you said before um you've obviously worked for big companies and small and medium companies and all that kind of stuff um we spoke just earlier on about some experience you've had in the past as well what now that you've moved into um, a freelance role and kind of running your own business and, and, and getting clients what what is it that makes your approach to email different because like any anybody can go into a business and that's wrong not anybody can do it but people will go into business and sell the dream of email they'll say oh it can be this much of your revenue that much of your revenue we can do this and that and the other with it depending on the platform what yeah. what is your approach when you first uh, you have those initial conversations with clients what is it that makes you a little bit different? Because like I mentioned before, I've never seen anyone get so many recommendations on LinkedIn as you in terms of every time someone says, is there a guy you can do email? Your name pops up every single time. So what is it that, that you do or the, the way you explain to a client how powerful email can be? Well, what I do is um, if a client approaches me or I approach a client, um, as well, especially if they approach me, I'll ask them what they've already doing. Um, if they've got any logins, obviously create me a login, but make sure I can't touch anything just to give it, make them feel at ease. Um, I'll go in and see what they're currently doing, if there's any way that we can improve on this. Um, I'm not going to try and sell them something that isn't real, like a lot of people have promised the earth. If I don't think I can improve it, I'll say straight up that I'm not going to improve it. If um, 
So, for example, some of the people on LinkedIn always tag me in stuff because I've worked with them previously. But it's when when we've done a successful campaign, that's when like they kind of promote you. And then, obviously, if you don't do a successful campaign, yeah. they won't promote you. So it's important for me to give them value for money. So a lot of the people that I get are generally small businesses um, or people who need something there and then. So I like to do is give them speed. So what I do is if they send me an email, I try and do it within the first 24 hours, sometimes less, depending on how urgent it is and obviously what I've got on. Um, so what I ask for is they provide me the content. If they, if it, if it needs to go out in 24 hours, they can provide me the content, etc. because then there's no back and forth. Yeah. They can expect <clears throat> me to build it, send it out, test it, whatever they want. But as long as they give me the content, that's fine because then they know the company better than me. Um, so that's what I always say to any client is, I could do the content for you, but it's going to take me quite a while because obviously I don't know your company. You know your company. Yeah, you've got to have tone of voice and look, feel and all this kind of thing too. Exactly. Um, And then I'll tell them how I can improve it, if it can be improved. I'll give them hints and tips. Um, A lot of of people just ring me and ask for, um, um, what do you call it, tips, to be honest. Yeah. And I'm happy to get, give them tips. I'll help them out with strategies and things like that. Um, because I just say it how it is, to be honest. I think that's the approach that you should yeah. should always take. There's no point over-promising because what if it goes wrong? Do you still come across businesses, um, if, you're, if you're pitching to a business that have never touched email, like you mentioned before, you deal with quite a few smaller businesses. Um, is there any that uh, get in touch with you because they don't? They have no clue how to set it up, how to manage it, how to produce the content. What you do in that kind of instance? Yeah, yeah, you'll find quite a lot of companies don't, even the e-commerce companies don't use um, email, which I always find a bit a bit weird. Yeah, um, I, I, do you know what? I, I only ask because I've had the same over the past couple of weeks and couple of months. There's been a few that I've mentioned email to them and they're like, oh, don't touch it. What do yeah, you, you don't touch it. Like it's, it, I think it's crazy, and obviously you being an email guy will think it's crazy. But you, people do still just dismiss it sometimes, don't they? Yeah, um, I think they think it's just they get they get it in their inbox all the time, so they don't want to push it out to other people. Yeah, but at the end of the day, people use it because it is the best marketing platform, and I'm not saying that because I, I do emails, but yeah. it's proven time and time again that yeah, ROA. Mm. ROI, sorry, yeah. is um, I think it's for every pound spent, you get 40 back. I think that's the general gist of it. Yeah, it's huge, and isn't it? it? The potential is huge if you do it the, right. Yeah, if yeah, that's the thing, if you do it right. So yeah. these companies might have done it before and it's not gone how they how they want to or if it's B2B, they're not quite sure what, how it fits in. Um, B2C, of course, you've got um, a few people that I've worked with have had really low open rates. And what it finds out is this: they send emails out every single day. Yeah. So they kind of you should ex- if you do that you should expect low open rates. Uh, but the amount of people who actually don't use email is quite shocking, to be honest. When it's just it's relatively cheap to do. Yeah. It doesn't take that much that much hard work to do it as long as you get get it right, I suppose. 
yeah i think it's the setup as well and, and the, um the way you approach it I, I have some clients as well probably similar to you that will email quite often two three times a week um i've worked in businesses before that do four to five times a week and then i have people now like oh no i send twice a month because the client base and their customer base that's what they're comfortable with like you well, yeah. said before people get turned off because they look at the amount that they get in their role and think i'm not going to put more on a customer's toes when it's not necessarily always the best way to approach it i don't think anyway no um it's finding that that's why a testing comes into play so if you are going to do do email marketing the best thing to do is test pretty much everything and anything you can so the amount of times you send out a week the amount of what times a day you send what days you send to what segments and things like that because other than that you're never going to know what works best for your business and to be honest for your clients yeah cool so with, with that in mind were you just saying the, the client range the platform range the testing and everything else that you, you do and the analysis on the back of it do you think that email is missing anything in particular or clients uh, uh, i suppose are missing one in particular trick that um you've seen work over again or it's a feature or a function i know we've spoke about before but the different bits of email where there's personalization there's relevant content there's you can get content now based on your ip address and all this kind of stuff so it's geolocated and there's hundreds and hundreds of things that you can do with an email to make it as custom as possible but do you feel like if there was an x it could make a difference what i've tend to do if if we're going to companies that have like relatively low open rates or they've struggled in the past i've always tried to even add a little tiny bit of personalization just the tiniest bit will see it go through the roof for example i work for a butchers who didn't really personalize anything um (coughs) at all literally i whacked the name on a subject line and it already shot up it's just it's like just simple tricks and yeah. tips that you can do that will see open rates go higher rather than just staying the same thing even within um emails themselves so if you've got uh, for example i'll use the butchers again if someone's bought chicken send them emails based on chicken if they bought that quite a few yeah. times you know what i mean it's just all about personalizing it make it relevant as, yeah as much yeah. to the person um to the customer as you can <clears throat> excellent so personalization is is huge i know there's yeah. uh, the product recommendations personally even just putting the name in like you just mentioned before can make such a massive massive difference i i think as well one that i jump on quite a lot is like a birthday email and a welcome email yeah. i think saying thank you is the simplest one of the simplest things you can do and one of the things that people overlook the most they're like, oh, why would I send them a thank you? And you're like, well, because they've signed up and they've put the yeah. effort in to sign up. So yeah. give them a bit more. That's your chance then to sell in who you are uh, on a on a more personal level because they're engaged with the brand. So a thank you, I, I think, is one of the things that really matters. Uh, yeah, you'd be shocked to see how many people don't have welcome automation set yeah. up. Um, when it's it's so it's simple to do, and like you said, it it starts off um, the engagement straight away between you and you your potential customer. customer yeah, yeah it is nice it is a nice addition so with then where do you see email going then if it's um if it's simple functionality sometimes that people are missing 
how do you see email evolve then where do you think it's going to be in uh six months time 12 months time well i'd like i'd like to say um for the past few years everyone in the industry has been banging on about how how it's going to start getting more personalized and personalized um and i'm a big i think it's a a big winner if you can get personalized information within the email so your your content and think pictures and whatever else it could possibly be um so within six months i'd like it i like them to get more emails that are more personalized towards me i mean obviously you've got your browser behavior ones that trigger off what you've been brow- browsing on websites and stuff but even within b2b like if you can just segment customers to specific group sets that are interested in certain things then send them off and you you're just going to get a better engagement yeah it um, matters to someone even like you said even the name in it will oh hi ben oh hello yeah like it's it, oh, something it's personalized to yeah. me kind of thing it's not it's the simple thing so like, like you said like birthdays if you can get if you got that data use that data that's what that's what the data is there for um have you I work for a travel company who uses the um, anniversary of when they last booked. Yeah, which, which is a great idea. So if you can do stuff like if if it's got a shelf life of a couple of years or whatever, if you've got a product, send them. Oh, did you like it? Or even even more is when they buy something, send them an email asking them if they hope they enjoy it or whatever it is. It just helps with them coming back to you because they're more engaged. Um, what I, what another thing I'd like to see is a bit more interactivity within the emails. So, for example, I'm a not I'm not a Manchester City fan, but I get I get emails often because I, I sign up for everything. Okay. <laughs> um, so is that a disclaimer from you then? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say who I support, okay. but um, so I got an email off him. I think it was um, Mares who's signed up, who's who's joined them. And it was literally you click a button on the email and it shows up in the email um, as like a switch, and then oh. it shows the player. Player, it's just something a bit different, and the engagement that they probably got off that was massive. Well, did you share massive, that on LinkedIn yeah. last week, the week before? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember seeing it. Yeah, I remember thinking when I seen it, it was real clever, um, and especially now football. I, I was talking. I know it's kind of off topic. I've got a restaurant client. Um, did you do? table bookings and, and yeah. have eat in but did you take away as well and he didn't jump on the world cup i was like that's <laughs> perfect opportunity for you yeah. to sell every team make a something whether it's a color whether it's a theme whether it's a, a, a player or something like that it's like that is ideal real-time relevant uh, yeah goings on in the world that you could jump on and and kind of make to suit your brand and your your company in that way um, like you said, the, the Man City thing is another perfect example, a new sign, and people want to know. People want to know who he is, what he is, where he's been, and all that kind of stuff. So it's all, yeah. it, it, it's interesting stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> cool. So we, we've talked about um, all the things that you, you think are important in email, and we touched on briefly about um, customers who haven't touched it. You still get it sometimes with clients. I still get it sometimes with clients, and it's it's a shocker for both of us, I suppose, because we've done it for so long. But yeah. is if, if you go into a client and they say, I've never touched him, or there's any listeners listening who think, I don't do 
anything with email other than send one one email out every week that goes to everyone. There's no personalization. There's no nothing in it. What would be your top three tips for getting started and really seeing the value in email? First of all, if you don't use it, use it. Sign up to, I don't know, <clears throat> sign up to MailChimp if you need to. Or even send emails out through your Gmail or anything um, to prospects. Are Obviously, they need to be signed up, um, GDPR. Um, or um, your customers, just send anything out and you'll see something come back. Um, so MailChimp's free for under 2,000 contacts, I think. Yeah, I think it is about 2,000, yeah. Yeah, so it's the only difference is you've got a MailChimp logo at the bottom, which, to be fair, I don't think anyone ever scrolls that far. Just try it. Get some creative on there. If you don't have anyone to do any creative, just ask. There's plenty of people to help, especially on LinkedIn or something. Yeah. Um, number, number two, try and segment your data make sure you, your messages go to the right people. Um, there's no point in doing a hit and hope because after time you're going to get very little um, comeback off it or compared to what you would do if it was per, um, to a specific set of people. Um, if you don't, if you just send everyone everything, people are just going to be ignoring your emails because they're like, well, it doesn't even doesn't affect me whatsoever. Last time they sent me something. Um, and then the last one is if you are going to do um, email marketing, just test. Do a few tests. Right. Try if, if you're a B2B business, don't send out late at night. Send it in within business debt times. You, you'd be surprised at how many people actually don't do that. Yeah. Um, just know your audience a bit better than, well, you'll know your audience better than I will. But certain things are just like common sense. So, don't worry about it if you don't work first of all. That's why you test everything. Next yeah. time it might. The best thing you can do is just keep pushing away at your open rate and your click-through rates. I suppose if an email, like you said before, if an email is not relevant and it doesn't it doesn't kind of engage me, the worst thing I'm going to do is not open it or not <laughs> exactly. read to the bottom of it. It's not. Um, as long as the content is still relevant to your brand and a section of your customers, then you should you should really be testing quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and last last thing I know, it's three. Um, don't make them really long. Yeah. Just be precise and straight to the point. No one. I get a lot of emails because, well, I, I, like I said, I sign up to everything. If it's really long, it's very unlikely I'm going to read anything past three quarter. Well, past the quarter of the page. Yeah, it's got to be really. It would have to be really specific to something that yeah. you'd bought or was interested in for you to carry on scrolling and scrolling. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I think we've touched on quite a lot of email <clears throat> stuff and, and background and all this kind of thing. So I want to get into kind of Truffle Shuffle Media now, which is, is your your business. Um, the, we, the whole point of the podcast, I suppose, is to kind of help people who are starting a business, growing a business, got a side hustle and stuff like that. And we want to kind yeah. of jump into how you <clears throat> manage your day, how you plan your week, whatever it might be, and how you get the most out of your days and things like that so what since you've gone solo and it's it's on your shoulders now yeah. what, what is your one tip for getting the most out of your day i know we were talking before about scheduling and things like that but is there is there anything that you think if i don't do this every day my day just it, it's it's 
done. Like, I, I just can't get hold of it again. What I used to do is, <clears throat> on a Sunday, plan for my week, and I find out very soon on Monday morning that my plan's generally gone to pot. <laughs> um, so what I tend to do is, I get up, well, before everyone else in the house, and plan my day, because I, I tend to know what's going to be coming um, in the morning, and then I can crack on. So I'm a, I work best in the morning, so I get up, work, and then take the kids to school, come back, work, pick them up. So I've got like, my day's already planned out because of the certain things I need to do. Yeah. So I can work myself around that. Um, and because I tend to know from the day before what I need to do today, I can plan plan ahead within the day or I can move things around for the rest of the week. It's just if I start on a Sunday, I can guarantee Monday morning comes and something comes in that yeah. I need to like just everything goes out of the window and I need to plan differently for the rest of the week. Um, it's just typical. I, th- I probably should plan on Monday morning to be on it, Monday evening, and then it probably works a, a bit better to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's now I'm running my business on my own. Um, when I worked full time and did side projects, if you if you're coming trying to gonna get into freelancing, I'd always say try and get more working on the side. Yeah, before you don't, commit. Before you commit, because if you commit and then you don't get any work, you well you've got no money coming through. Um, and it, but if you're gonna do that, you just be wary. Your days are gonna be really long. Yeah. Don't don't think you're gonna get any weekends. Um, Oh, not a few. Anyway, um, I was working like nine till ten every day. When that that doesn't include like the mornings when I had to work um, to just satisfy the, the company I worked for and the extra clients. Um, wow. okay. It's stressful times, but it's it's worth it in the end. It's just you need to put the graft in. Yeah. So then how? You've just said about the, the size of some of your days and the, the, the tasks that you do and all that kind of stuff. And every everyone who works <clears throat> in a business or works for themselves will have them days where, like you mentioned before, you plan it out. You think this is it now. I've time blocked. I've, I've got the tasks I need to do. And then something will come on top and it'll just crash everything else. Mm. How how do you ma- manage being a family man? Like you just said before, you do the, the school run twice a day and, and drop yeah. the kids off, pick the kids up and all stuff like that. How, how do you balance your client expectations with your family expectations? Because I have this struggle too. I've got two little kids who I do the school run every day. Yeah. Um, and it, I find it difficult some days. Some days it's, it's real nice. Some days it's good. Some days it is a struggle. So how do you do that? Bit? Well, what I do is I tell my clients straight away. Um, if, they, if, they, if I get a, a job coming in, I'll tell them I can do it in when, when I can do it how long it'll take me or whatever it is. But I'll say um, I'm not contactable between the hours of, well, half eight till half nine, half, you know, school times. And then at night I try to finish at seven. Okay. And then that gives me the rest of the evening to spend with family. And then, of course, weekends, I work in the morning, the weekends, so then I've got the rest of the day. Is I've worked a couple of weekends where it's been a, hot, a whole weekend, but it doesn't happen that often. It's about yeah, you try, try and keep the weekends to yourself, to the family. Yeah, 
you just try and make sure that everything's done within the week unless something pops up which needs to be done over weekends be prepared for monday which happens occasionally but not yeah not that often but it's about just telling your clients what your situation is yeah yeah there's no point saying yeah i can do that and then you're like well i can't because i've got to do this at this time this at that time i'm going to struggle putting it in or on the occasion you get up at the crack of dawn and just crack on before everyone else gets up (laughs) so it's about so the next question on the list was what's the the most important lesson you've learned since going solo or the best piece of advice but i think you might have answered it with the um being upfront and being completely honest with the with your client is that would you say that's one of or the most or is there something different something else that you think um you've you've learned more about yourself or about the business yeah as as time's got as time's gone on you learn you obviously learn loads and loads when you first start and i'm i'm shocked how much i've actually learned from going solo compared to when i was working for for businesses um but yeah the best you've got to be up front there's no point trying to please everyone which i've found out the hard way anyway um because you can promise the earth but if you can't do it then that damages your reputation and then yeah. I I get all my work from LinkedIn I don't get it from anything else LinkedIn and word of mouth so if I don't get that I don't have any work so yes yeah, so you I, need to be honest every time yeah um and I am an honest person so if I can't do it I'll say I can't do it and if I can't do it I'll point you in the direction to someone who can yeah because then that helps them out, helps you out, and everyone's happy. Do you know what though? I think in the long run, like I, I work with a, a couple of different agencies now, and they're exactly the same. They, they they are insistent that all of their guys are completely honest. They completely uh, manage expectations of a client, mm. similar to you, and say we might lose work now, but there's a feeling that in six months' time or a year's time, when someone's looking for that extra person you'll be the one they ask because they know if it's possible you will do it and if not you know someone who can yeah so exactly. you, they always come back and it's always reciprocal because if they need a recommend they're someone they know someone who's looking for a recommendation you're the first name that pops up because yeah. like, listen if i can i will if i can't i won't it's, it's, it's a done deal and people respect that there is quite yeah. a lot of respect in, in being able to say that to somebody um okay so i think we're, we're coming to the the end of our interview but we always do this quick fire um questions that we like to ask everyone um who comes on the show and it's just like literally we'll, we'll give you the question you give us the answer and we'll go from there so the app you can't live without you uh, uh, a mobile guy uh, an email guy what's what's the one app that you use every day that it is just your mainstay app uh linkedin linkedin our, our football manager Okay, <laughs> so LinkedIn professional football manager when you're like, I've had enough of this and I need some downtime. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> cool. Okay, so LinkedIn or Facebook manager for your app, your favorite book, what's uh, motivated you the most, what's inspired you the most, or one that you go back to and say, I can learn from this every time I read it. To be honest, I'm not really a book person, which is something that I've been trying to get on this okay. year. Um but I've recently read, well, at Christmas time, Shoe Dog, which is um, about Nike and the creation of Nike, okay. which is really, really fascinating. So if you've not read it before, I'd give it a, I'd give it a whirl. 
Okay. <clears throat> cool. Next one. Is there a quote or a saying that means a lot to you or means a lot to your business? I know we, we, we I know we've mentioned LinkedIn quite a lot today, but I remember a few weeks back when you were saying uh, you put a post on about what motivates you or doesn't motivate you. Is the one that you get every time? A quote. Yeah, a quote or a saying. Um, my favorite quote is to give anything less than your best is sacrifice to the gift. So it's um, off a runner called Steve Prefontaine. It just when I was at uni, it just. I've always liked it because yeah. it's like, well, if you've got a gift, you might as well go for it. If you've not, it's just sacrificing what you could be. Okay, awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, one thing you would take to a desert island? Oh, hmm. Well, um, a Swiss army knife. A Swiss army knife? Yeah. Just to be sure. Well, yeah, you never know, do I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen a uh, Bear Grylls. Oh, cool. I, do you know what? I, I'm probably saying, like, I've watched every one, so if I was in a jungle, I'd definitely survive. Well, yeah, exactly. Is it one of them kind of situations, or are you a really outdoor guy who could, like, live in the jungle and be fine? No, I'd be really rubbish. <laughs> I don't think I'd survive, to be honest. But you've watched enough to know. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you feel confident? I'd survive for a couple of days. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Okay, cool. Well, Ben, all a lot left for me to say is just thank you. Um, we, uh, it's been really interesting chatting to you and again an insight into how you go about what you do and all that kind of stuff. And I just really, again, I just really appreciate the time. It's been cool to chat to you. Thanks, man. Yeah, cheers, Brad. Thanks a lot. There you go. There you have Ben's insights into email, into marketing in general, and what you should and shouldn't be doing with your um, email platforms, regardless of the technology that you use, whether it's a .mailer, a MailChimp, a Klaviyo, whatever, whatever platform of, of email that you do use, how you incorporate email with content in general. Um, and like like we mentioned at the show opener, what, what things you can jump on that just happen in real life that you can make relative to your business. And that's really important. I think some businesses like we mentioned in the show, so consumed with what they're doing, their product, their niche and all this kind of stuff. Like how can you jump on different things that will engage your customers? Ultimately, that's what it's all about. And that's what we talk about is engagement, relevance. Uh, there's personalization in there and all stuff like that. So I think there's plenty, plenty of tips uh, and tricks that you, you guys can take from that. I hope there's plenty of tips and tricks that you can take from that. Uh, feel free to share the show, get in touch with Ben on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, massive, massive thanks to Ben. Um, and we'll see you down the road. See you soon.